All right, guys, if you missed out on Freight Fest 2023, I feel for you. I know you're punching air. However, Freight Fest 2024 is going to come sooner than you think. Right now, go to www.freightfest.com. Early bird tickets are available. Listen, we're already planning for next year. It's going to be crazy. We are already lining up the speakers. Uh, Make sure you stay tapped in with us for all the updates, but get your early bird tickets right now for Freight Fest 2024, happening on September 26th through the 29th at the Royal Sinesta Galleria Hotel in Houston, Texas. All right? Go to www.freightfest.com for more updates. I can't wait to see y'all there. Let's go. What's up, y'all? This is Ramel Watley, and welcome to Truck and Hustle, the podcast for trucking entrepreneurs. If you want to learn about the trucking industry from the business side of things, you're in the right place. Every week, I interview the people who are making it happen on a daily basis. I get them to share their successes, their failures, and sometimes even their secrets. The goal is to show you how you too can create financial freedom in the booming trucking industry. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. And then I had family members in trucking. A lot of my cousins, uncles was doing trucking and they were doing okay. They showed me some of their checks, but I was thinking to myself, I was like, okay, that seems to be more opportunities to this. And so I started partnering with them. They were telling me about what I could do to get a truck. And if I got a truck, they would drive and they would help, you know, mentor it and we can build this empire. And I was like, okay, let's do this because that's when Duke began to inspire because I was like, okay, how am I going to you know, manage my my profits and manage all of this paperwork. And I realized that there were other uh, drivers that were having the same problem. If you're doing any kind of accounting in the trucking industry, we don't want you using anything else but do. Turn my mic up. For you. Take that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, on the road to the riches. Life takes a toll like bridges. Good friends become foes and snitches. Better watch who knows in your business. All right. Well, Hustle Fam, Hustle Fam, Hustle Fam, we are back with another amazing episode. Today, I have my brother Marcus Cooksey with us today, um, joining us on the show. He is the owner and CEO of Duke AI. Is that, is that what you call yourself, the CEO? Yes, uh, CEO, uh, humble servant of Duke AI. It's, I feel like I feel like we actually are creating a life form. So it really is. It's like creating a life form, and so I'm just putting putting this little robot together. There we go. There we go. So he's the CEO of Duke AI, um, which is a platform. Well, it, I'll let you explain it because you could probably explain it better than me. But what I really like about this story is um, he owned a trucking company for five years. And he, he's no longer in trucking, but he's still in trucking. He actually pivoted and he was actually able to solve one of the major problems that he had himself in transportation through technology. So whether we like it or not, guys, you know, technology is not going anywhere. Right. Technology is evolving every day. So I think it's dope that, you know, was able to kind of make that pivot and make that transition from trucking into kind of software and, 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 and onto the technology side. And we'll get into that story. So first of all. Uh, Marcus, welcome to the show. Welcome to Truck and Hustle. Hey, thanks for having me on. And kudos to you for your, for the community that you're building. I love your content, your information, and uh, all of the resources you're providing. I wish I would have had it five years ago when I first started. So you'll hear about all of the zany, bad mistakes. Uh, I'm putting the disclaimer, do not start a trucking company the way I started one. <laughs> I love that. We love that. We love that. All right. So Duke, 
Duke AI. Let, let, let's put it in some context. Let's talk about what is Duke AI, your company. Tell, tell the Hustle fam what, what your company does. Sure. Yeah. So Duke actually is an acronym that stands for Developmental Understanding of Known Examples Using Artificial Intelligence. So basically what we're able to do is take a lot of the trucking paperwork, uh, such as uh, invoices, settlement statements, bank statements, receipts, uh, and we're able to ingest that information in terms of documents and then automatically interpret what's on those documents and really become a bookkeeper and generate financial ledgers, permitting you to generate profit and loss reports, balance sheets, if the reports, all of those things, uh, because it's basically a, a basically a bookkeeping solutions tailored specifically for trucking. Got you. So what your platform does is you're able to pretty much consolidate all of the paperwork and all the items that your, your regular you know carrier would have. And you can put it all on this platform and basically it, you, you, you put it all that data and they'll spit out uh, what you need back. Right. It, it'll give that, you the information. That's pretty much, yeah. It, it's, so it's a platform. We deliver it in an app. Right. And so the app basically has everything from being able to take a picture. Right. You take a picture, let's say, of a receipt. And let's say you're tracking your IFTA and you so you turn on the IFTA tracker and it's able to now take that receipt. If a fuel receipt, for example, and it's able to know where you got the credit and then know where your deductions or your liabilities are for, you know, as you're traveling. And it's based on the, the based on your miles that you travel and then the fuel purchase and it accumulates and generates, for example, and this is just one use case. It generates you an if the table so that it makes it easier for you to file. So you don't have to pull things from your ELD. It's all consolidated in one particular uh, app. So secondary, uh, it also, for example, if you have your settlement statements, you have your, um, you're getting your invoices, you're getting your payments from your carriers, you know, uh, it's able to then take all of that payment information and it's able to put it into, categorize it as line haul. If you have an expense such as maintenance, like you go to Freightliner or somewhere to get, you know, fuel, excuse me, you get some type of, uh, let's say maintenance done on your, on your truck, you just basically take a picture or send an email of that receipt. We're able to categorize that automatically without you telling the system what it is because what we've done is train the system to recognize key terms and languages within the trucking industry. So it's really domain specific. And that's how it's able to really recognize and categorize stuff. So what you would pay a bookkeeper or what you would pay somebody who would do your back office, like proof of delivery is another element that it does. Take a picture of your rate sheet, rate con. It's able to Correlate that together, generate an invoice, and send that back to your factoring company so you get paid. So we're we're it's a platform that's working also on the back office part of it. So if you're working with factoring companies, there's some major deals we, we have going on there. But it's to make your life easier as a trucker in terms of knowing how much you're making. Um, you know, also making it easier for you to get paid faster. I don't know if that kind of summarizes everything that it does, but that's kind of a quick overview preview of what it is. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Awesome. Awesome. All right, cool. Listen, let, let, let's get into your backstory a little bit because that's really important. Um, let's talk about first, let's get into wh where you're from. Tell us a little bit about yourself before we kind of get into how you got into transportation. Sure. Uh, so I'm from Dallas. Uh, I'm from the southern part of Dallas. Uh, really, my, my journey, even as an engineer, so my my vocation is an engineer. I have an engineering degree, but that's not why I went to school. I went to school to play basketball. Uh, and so, um, how's your jump so, shot? Uh, that, that was the reason why I had stopped playing. Cause the jump shot was too good. <laughs> I, I could jump out the gym, Ramel, but I couldn't shoot. I'm going to tell you one day, I'll tell you what, one of my coaches in college, I mean, in high school, everybody was playing 
they were practicing, and my coach told me, he said, man, you can jump out the gym, but you can't shoot worse shit. So oh, while, everybody, while everybody else was playing, this is like from my freshman year, while everybody was practicing, he had me shooting against the wall. And eventually yeah. my shot got good. It got it good enough so I can make it into college. But I'll tell you, uh, I was like, uh, if you ever watch uh, Last Chance uh, University on uh, on Netflix, that's what I was. I was my grades <laughs> weren't good, my skills were undeveloped. But you know, a lot of one coach took a chance on me, and that's how I really got into college. Right. Gotcha. And, uh, so so believe it or not, I I was in all of the remedial classes you could be in, just like some of those guys on the show. I was in remedial math and English. Uh, you would have never thought I'd become an engineer, uh, but something kind of uh, sparked in me that, you know what, I can do this. And so really, that's kind of how I got started first, just in terms of uh, uh, in terms of just getting into software. Uh, but during that time, I was already in transportation because just like on the show, I didn't get a scholarship. Right. So I had to work while I played basketball. So I'm like traveling, you know, the different states while playing basketball. And then when I leave practice around five, I was going to UPS and I was loading trucks at UPS. And I did that. I had the five to 10 shift. Uh, it was exhausting, man. But, you know, it was one of those things that, you know, it paid well. It gave me benefits right while I was in school. And uh, and and it turned out to be a, a good opportunity for me. And that's, that was really my first kind of taste of transportation. Trucking. Wow. So you were working at UPS while you went to college? Yes. And playing so, basketball. So, so, playing so, basketball most- too. Most people just go to college and just BS, man. They they barely do the work, let alone have a, a full t- a full time well a part time job. You say what five, like five to ten? You're working yeah. at UPS, yeah. so I guess that's like a part time job every day. And then you're playing basketball and you're trying to keep up with your grades. That's yes. a lot, man. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I didn't get a scholarship, so you know you have to hustle. <laughs> right, right, right. So, so who was paying for college? I was paying for college. You were paying for college. Okay, was, that's that's what the UPS no scholarship. Job was for. Got you, got you, got you. Okay, okay. All right, continue. C- c- continue to tell me the story. I'm listening. Yeah, so so my first year, believe it or not, we, we had a pretty good team. We made it to the National Junior College uh, Championship in New York. Uh, we came, like, just short of winning, and then I was so exhausted. The next season I was going to play, and I still didn't have any scholarships, and I was still working at UPS, and I went to my coach, and I was like, if you guys can't give me a scholarship, I'm going to have to quit, and I quit. Uh, and so, and so I kept working at UPS, made my way from in the trailer. And if you know anything about Texas, that Texas heat, if it's a hundred degrees outside, it's 110 degrees in that trailer. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was gruesome work, but you know, I did that for some years and I was pursuing my engineering degree at that time. So I, I quit, uh, the basketball team. So then by me quitting the team, I could actually focus you know, my grades and, you know, I, I'm going to be honest with you, Romel, my first year, I, I almost got kicked out of engineering school. I was I was on academic probation and they basically told me if I didn't get my stuff together, I'd get kicked out of engineering. So what I ended up doing was quitting my job at EPS because that was just too gruesome of, uh, of, a, of a schedule. So I just kind of focused and I got it right. I, I got I got my grades up and was able to at least pass. And, and I started getting a little flow. Right. Uh, things started connecting. I always tell people I was, I'm a late bloomer. Uh, you know, I took every math that you could take, analytics, geometry, physics, uh, calculus, and I started to get it right. And then I started understanding coding. And that became like my my thing that that I really uh, mastered really well. And so so after, um, you know, after spending some time, um, you know, getting my diploma, I actually uh, started working at some big companies. Um, I, I moved to Florida uh, for a little bit and company recruited me, believe it or not. Now they're recruiting me. 
uh, as an engineer, not not for okay. basketball. And uh, worked there for a little bit and uh, came back to uh, Texas, started working at Texas Instruments, a big company, right? And when I got there at Texas Instruments, I worked on some phenomenal projects, right? They put me, most people don't realize it, that, uh, you know, there was a company, uh, they had a project called uh, Project D. And that, that, that Project D, they wanted eight microphone inputs uh, and I was the lead system engineer on that product project and TI, the, 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 the directors put me on that. And just to make a long story short, that project actually came to be known as the Amazon Echo. So I was the lead engineer on that. And I actually wrote the MP3 player. I was going to directors, assembling a team of engineers uh, to be able to put together this prototype for, the, for Amazon to actually evaluate and accept our, our device for their solution. And so, yeah, so that's, and so that was kind of like my first foray into artificial intelligence, you know, on natural language processing parts of it. Well, get the hell out of here. You made the damn Amazon Echo. Look at that. <laughs> I didn't make it. I didn't make it. But I know, the, I know. But, the, but, but you but were part of the, the team. The, the, the foundation of it, really, the, the foundation, uh, the, the platform, the architecture, even the software. Yes, I was the one that architected and, and worked with the team to do that. But the That's actual, awesome, man. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, like it's it's weird that like like engineering, it's such a uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It, it's like you can't just wake up and, and, and just start doing engineering. Like how how did you go, come from like like you must have like been kind of educated in school, high school. Like you, you don't just like start like becoming an engineer overnight. Like that's something that has to kind of be like, you know, in you from like the high school days, man. Like, can you really just go to college and just take up engineering? <laughs> I told you I was in remedial math, man. So I wasn't really. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, mean, I mean, that's that's the strangest. Thing. I mean, mo- listen, most engineers I know, bro, they've been smart like their whole entire yeah. life. Yeah. Like they've yeah. literally been like, you know, uh, like 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 four point grade point averages their whole entire life. And they were like on the fast track to in- to becoming an engineer. And you knew they'd be an engineer before they were in like the eighth grade. That's why I'm yeah. just listening to you. And it's like weird that you say you were in all these remedial classes, but by the time you got to college, now you figure out, hey, let me let me get into engineering. And then, and then you're able to <laughs> go on to be a part of the team creating Amazon Echo. That's yeah, interesting, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I, okay, I saw engineers. I kind of had aspirations to be an engineer. So in high school, I did want to be an engineer. I already said I was going to be an engineer, but it was not practical, right? I didn't know any engineers. The only one I knew was Lionel from the Jeffersons. And Dwayne Wayne from Different World, right? That was that was my inspiration. Yes, with the you had the flip up glasses too. I did. <laughs> like way- I did. I did. That was my role model. That was your role model, Dwayne Wayne. No, that is yeah. funny so much. All right, yeah. cool. All right, so 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 you uh you you work you work for all these these big companies, Texas Instruments, so forth and so on. All right, what happens next? So what happens next is 2014. I had all these aspirations of kind of being an entrepreneur and I wanted to have done it earlier in my career, but you know how it happens. Life happens. You have, you know, family and, you know, you start making a little money. Right. Um, in 2014, I came back from a business trip. I was flying all over the world. I came back and, and I came home and I was going up my stairs and I took three steps and I couldn't breathe. And, and I could only take a little short, you know, walks, you know, in the house, like a few steps, I couldn't breathe. It felt like I had been running like, you know, four miles. So I got rushed to an emergency room, make a long story short, found out I had uh, bilateral pulmonary embolism, uh, blood clots in both my lungs. And 
Have you ever found yourself scrolling through financial news and wondering, how does any of this affect me? How can I read a major headline and truly understand what impact that has on not only my portfolio, but my life? Well, our goal on the podcast Inside the Street, hosted by Wall Street analyst Sela Shifre Partners, is to provide public investors and young professionals with a deeper understanding of the mechanics that drive those major headlines. And what better way to dive into these mechanics and hosting Wall Street analysts themselves to discuss the newest trends in finance firsthand? Well, on our show, we bring you real perspectives from the front line. Hearing these analysts give commentary has made our listeners much more well-versed on the financial markets. This approach to discussion allows our listeners to engage in conversation with much more educated opinions and predictions. So be sure to check out our show, Inside the Street, wherever you find your podcasts. Um. And as I was going through that, I was like, and I survived. And I was like, you didn't do what you said you were going to do years ago, which was to create jobs, to create your own company. And, and here's your chance to do it. So later on in 2014, I started opening up business. I just opened up a company called Lookup Innovations. Didn't really have a product. I had an idea of a product I wanted to do. And then I had family members in trucking. A lot of my cousins, uncles was doing trucking. And they were doing OK. They showed me some of their checks. But I was thinking to myself, I was like, OK, there seems to be more opportunity to this. And so I started partnering with them. They were telling me about what I could do to get a truck. And if I got a truck, they would drive and they would help, you know, mentor it and we can build this empire. And I was like, OK, let's do this, because that was going to be my exit out of the corporate kind of environment and then started my own entrepreneurial journey. So I was looking for passive income. So I started my trucking company. I didn't really get my first truck into 2015, but I had started the business in 2014 immediately after I had the blood clot. Okay. And in 2015, that's that's when I went and purchased my uh, truck. And again, here's the disclaimer. Don't do what I did because I went out. I had my cousin. He mostly been a truck comp- a company driver. So he didn't know all the com- mechanics about what type of configuration you need in the truck. He told me I need a sleeper. That's all he was thinking about. He's going to need somewhere to sleep. But went out and got uh, we were going to get a, a pro star. And I was trying to get it financed. And so it wasn't necessarily the money for me because I had the down, you know, I had the money for the down payment. But, you know, I, the finance company told me, and, I, you know, if you have a pro star, I'm not trying to talk bad about it. But this is what the finance company told me. They was like, we'll finance you, but you've got to find another truck other than that pro star. Um, that's what they told me. And that's it. They said, you can go get a freight liner. You can go get a Peterbilt, but don't get that. Because I guess there were some problems at the time with the engine with those. And so I went out and I got a Freightliner and it was a double sleeper. And and we went, we, we, we got everything, got the license and so forth. And we were going to take it to because we we're going to sign on with another company and we were going to do dry van. And that's when I learned I bought the wrong type of truck to mm-hmm. do dry van. It was a truck configured for flatbed. And so the fifth wheel was not the right configuration to do the dry van. So I ended up spending another like $5,000 to get another fifth wheel to do drive in. Wow. We went out, we went out, did drive in. And I think we went from Texas to California to California to Virginia, back to Texas. And my check was like, settlement was like $1,000. And I was like, what? I was like, that's crazy. That company is out of business now. And, and so I was like, okay, we've got to come up with another strategy because this dry van is not kicking for us. And so- So you're leased on to a carrier at this point, right? Yes, leased on to a carrier. Okay. And so I was like, I, I took some of the things that principles we use at Texas Instruments is like, go somewhere no one is going. Uh, so if everybody's doing dry van, go somewhere that no one's going. So I looked out and my cousin and I, we said, okay, what about tanker? 
all right, this is a new company and we're trying to go in the tanker. Like, who, who do we think we are? So we ended up, <laughs> we, we ended up getting a contract or, or working underneath a company that did tanker. Okay. And that's when our world changed. I got that first check. It was like $6,000. And uh, before we actually could do tanker, guess what? That fifth wheel that I had for the drive in, I had to take that one off and go get the one that I had taken off to do flatbed because that was the one we needed to do tanker. Like I said, so we. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, so then, and then I had to get a pump installed. So my cousin convinced me, hey, because if you pay an extra, you know, 10 grand, we can, we can get the uh, pump on there and then we can do tanker. And I was like, man, I've invested a lot of money in this already. But he convinced me. And, and so that is. So we started doing tanker hazardous material our first two years. Okay. Okay. So at this point, what is the size of the company? You have one truck at this point? You and one truck. And, okay. And this is you and your cousin. And my cousin. Yep. Okay. So you guys are doing tanker and you're and you're leased on to another carrier. And you said that that you did okay with that, right? We did okay with that. Uh All so right. well that I was able to buy another truck. Okay. So talk to me about about growing and, and scaling your business a little bit. How, how'd that go? It, it went good because of course, for me, my situation was a bit different because I was working full time. So I was looking for a passive income for me. I didn't want to just jump in without, without uh, necessarily, you know, understanding what was going to be the return. So, you know, I know a lot about, you know, kind of, you know, how do you know your profit margins and so forth. And so for me, it was, you know, keeping up with my books, trying to understand, you know, what was my tax liability and all those things and before making that leap to quit my full-time job. So I spent a lot of my time just uh, understanding that, keeping up with my profits, understanding what, you know, where to cut costs. Uh, at that time, I couldn't afford, you know, it's, it's interesting is, is that even though I was working full-time, you know, my company didn't know this, but I could actually do everything from from the office, because there was a lot of software out there. There was dispatch software. There was a lot of things out there, but there was nothing really to help me understand, you know, if I'm profitable or not. And so I was spending countless hours, you know, my my ex-wife at that time, she was doing, and she was my wife at that time, she was doing a lot of our books. And I was looking, I was like, okay, is this really a profitable business? And once I saw it, I, I did purchase another truck and, and we, we, you know, we had some strategies and we put a driver in that truck, they did tanker. And then that first year we filed taxes and my accountant gave me some some tips about depreciation on the truck. I had no clue about how depreciation would work. And he told me, I said, he said, you can do it over three years. You can do it all in one year. But I learned if I did a depreciation in one year, I could get by $25,000 or $30,000 credit. So what that meant was, is that, OK, if I got that 25, 30, 25 to 30, 30 K credit, then that's what I was getting back. I could actually buy another truck with that credit I was getting every year. And so that was the kind of the model we put together. We would do a full year depreciation. Of course, there's probably some long-term consequences if you do straight line depreciation versus 179, right? Uh, well, I think it's yeah, straight line versus 179, which you do it over three years. But anyhow, our strategy was just to do the, the full year, the straight line in the first year so that we could continue to grow the trucks. And we grew the trucks to five. And it had got to the point where my credit was good. My business credit was good. I was able to get secure loans because we were able to show balance sheets. We were able to show profit and loss statement really quick because we kept up with all of that stuff to the point my last truck I purchased, I didn't even put any money down. They just mm. said, hey, just fill it out. Here's a truck, right? And so I started learning. I was like, okay, this is just a business like you're doing at TI. One, at TI, you're selling chips. Here, you're selling, you know, 
uh, services. So whether you're selling water, it's all about that profit. It's all about understanding your business, your bottom line, and being able to establish that credit, being able to get the financing. And, and really, it's the same group that I do at Duke. It's the exact same thing. Got you. So tell us a little bit about the Tinker business in, in terms of um, you know, keeping your costs low. What 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 were some of your strategies that you that that you learned from from dealing with tankers? Because we haven't talked about tankers here on the show, so I just like to get like some information and just some of your input from your your, your experience uh, dealing with tankers. Yeah. So for us, you know, we we kind of focus a lot of bit on our idling time, right? So we it, that's when I started learning about you know turning the trucks off and a few little things of investing in APU units and various things that reduce the, the idle. And that's where a lot of my expenses were coming from was the fuel. So if we could reduce that idle time down uh, and also keeping that asset moving. So we had gotten to the point where the truck was not, and I, I think there is an advantage with, because I've done drive-in, because we, we had drive-in uh, lanes, you know, later on, but with, with, with Tanker, yeah, you have to go get it washed. Right. There were things you have to do to get it washed and then you have to go pick up a tanker. But there was not a, a wait. Like if you go to an Amazon distribution center, I see the trucks waiting for a long period of time. That weight doesn't exist. So you're actually when you're able to pump that chemical out, you're able to you know go take it to get washed. And we even got reimbursed for the wash. And then you could just take it somewhere. So there were fewer bottlenecks and we could actually keep the truck running, keep them lowering the idle. Uh, keeping the truck running and, you know, going through that process that that was pretty effective for us. Is that what you were delivering fuel? Uh, no, we were doing, it was like W was it WD 40. It would be paint, uh, you know, animal feed, all those types of things. Got you. How was it in terms of uh, getting drivers with, with hazmat experience? Th- that's why we had to switch. We had to kind of diversify uh, because in tanker, the criteria is very stringent in terms of the equipment and so forth. So it was, it was very difficult to find drivers that can meet that criteria. That's the only, that was the only drawback that we had. So we then ended up having to switch to do like sand haul. So we actually did anchor and then we were doing sand out of West Texas. But that, that, that is, that was very difficult to find those, those drivers. The guys that you were able to find, how'd you get them? Through word of mouth. So my cousin, he, so, and I'll be honest, that was the best recruiter that we had because he would be go, he would go to, he did much better than I could uh, because he would actually drive and he would park and he would talk to people. He would see individuals, ask them questions. And then he would bring them on. He would talk about, you know, the programs that we had, you know, how we, how we paid out and so forth. And, and that's how we recruited. We got like three drivers that way. Got you. Now, was this like local work, regional, like OTO, like how, 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 how was your schedule? It was it was over the road, and I'm just gonna. This I didn't drive the truck, so right. it, it was it was over the road. So and it was most of the lanes though were pretty consistent. So it was mostly from Texas to Tennessee to Tennessee to Philadelphia and uh, West Virginia and back. And then we would actually go down to Houston and back. And it was kind of a it wasn't a dedicated route, but it was almost consistent. We had worked it out where it was a consistent route. Got you. And, and, and since you're the, the, the P&L guru, right, you, you, you're all about profits and losses. Can you give us a little look into like the finances of, 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 of a tanker business? Yeah. So finances and tanker, I mean, there's an investment up front in terms of, you know, the equipment. We didn't own any of the, the actual trailers, the tankers ourselves. 
But the initial investment was worth it. I think it was about 10,000 that we had to invest in uh, to get the equipment stalled. Um, And then there were a few other equipments that we had to uh, add. Uh, But I would say within the first, I would say we, in the first year, we were able to pay that equipment, pay for that equipment and then still make a profit. Right. Do you remember, do you remember on, on average what your loads would pay? On average, the loads would pay probably on average about uh, two thousand. Okay, two thousand. It was about two thousand um, per. Yeah, it was about probably about two grand. Um, that was that was about average. Um, yeah, it was about two grand. About two grand, and and do you remember what your what your expenses would be like? What you take home out of that two grand? So for me, my basic basic. My most expenses was driver pay because I wasn't driving. So I actually had an agreement where I paid my drivers half okay. of, of this of the settlement. So like time sometimes settlement would be five thousand at the end of the week and I would pay them twenty five hundred. How'd right? you how'd you come to that conclusion to do it that way? As opposed uh, to pay like on a like, you know, how'd you come with the fifty percent split? What made you decide to do that? I think it was for me, I needed to learn the business anyway. So, so I, I, I was willing to give more um, because it was more passive income for me. So that was just more of an agreement that I came with most of my drivers. Um, we didn't have a lot of overhead in terms of, you know, we paid, I would say we didn't have trucks that were financed. Uh, I think we had one truck that was financed. So, because what we ended up doing is, is that we would buy the truck. Uh, the first truck I bought almost cash and then once we made enough profit, I just put all of that money and bought the new trucks. So we didn't have a lot of overhead in terms of truck payments and so forth. So I could kind of justify a little bit more on the payment. Uh, you know, that's I think that's more than average pay. And my accountant used to tell me all the time, yeah, you're paying more than industry standard for your drivers. Got you. And you guys are just getting paid um, per mile? Per mile, yes. All right. Nothing, not, no stop or anything like that. It's just all per mile pay? Per mile pay, yeah. Uh, well, you get the fuel uh, fuel surcharge pay. Fuel surcharge. Fuel surcharge. We'll get that. Um, there would be reimbursement for wash, but that was like a hundred dollars or something like that. Um, okay. But yeah, that's pretty much all it was. Um, Got you. What, what What would you say was the biggest challenge about uh, that that business? Uh, I think it, it was it was mostly the driver. Uh, we could not find drivers that would qualify. So we would we would have guys that uh, we would you know we would get off of recruiting boards and maybe it was their MVR record or you know, there were a few things because they go way back to ten years sometimes they they won't see everything clean with from about seven to ten years and that that at times that was difficult um, but in terms of running the company we ran for and I'll just tell you, it was Miller Miller Transporters they they were just and I think they got acquired by Hennef. And believe it or not, we actually have some of those uh, subscribers on the Duke platform. And they they are, I just feel like uh, they just work well. The dispatcher, you know, I would call. He was always available. I would tell them about, you know, any complaints we would have if the truck did. You know, if there were some cases where we we were waiting a long time to get a load, they would, they would try to make sure to rectify that. Um, it was just a great for me starting a business. That was the best experience. If I would have kept with that other company, uh, we I would have went out of business a lot, a lot early. So we got. I'll say we. I, I was fortunate enough 
would not have an experience. And even though my cousin had experience, he still didn't have the experience of running a business and, and doing the contracts. We were fortunate to be able to land something like Miller, Miller's Transporters. Got you. Were, were there any things um, as in terms of in, in terms of compliance that you had to keep up with um, specific to having a tanker business that people yeah. should know about? Yeah. So a lot of that compliancy, it was handled through through them. So like, yeah, as my company, Louis Transport. Yeah, I didn't know enough to know all of the compliancy. So the compliancy part was handled and managed by them. So got you. To be honest, they pretty much managed that area for us. So by me being kind of detached from that, my drivers knew more. So there was a lot of training that they had to do. Um, now there was inspections, of course, frequently we had to do on our truck, right? Uh, in terms of the, you know, the, the blowers, or excuse me, in this case, it's the, that's, that's that sand with the blowers, the pumps that we had. You know, we had to make sure that that was right. That was a certain way to have the rig and, and go through the pumps. But they learned all of those types of things. So I can't say that I personally knew all the compliancy. I was just the owner. Got you. Got you. No, I totally understood. I appreciate that transparency. All right. So you grow the company to five, five trucks, right? Yep. And now talk about how this company dissolves and how you kind of get out of that business and transition onto the next one. So, so the inspiration came from, you know, when I was running the trucking business, I was still working at TI and I was right about making that transition to, to focus on Duke. And that's when Duke began to be inspired because I was like, okay, how am I going to, you know, manage my, my profits and manage all of this paperwork. And I realized that there were other uh, drivers that were having the same problem. So I went and talked to a few owner operators. I had my cousins, you know, we had like a little meeting and he brought in a lot of his friends and he was who owner operators. And I said, how do you guys, handle your accounting and all that kind of stuff. And one guy said, Hey, I have a bookkeeper. I pay her $200 a month. One guy said, I don't do it at all. Right. And I was kind of explaining them about the business part of it. And I was like, wow, there's nothing out there. And I was using QuickBooks, but QuickBooks, it's tedious. If I'm in a truck, I am not going to be able to enter all of the information into a general ledger, keep all my receipts out of file cabinets. I had the privilege of doing that because I had an office, you know, I had a few more, you know, it, it was a, it was impractical to believe a trucker was going to do it. And so I, I kind of did a proof of concept myself. Uh, I basically did some experimentation. So I'm a coder. So then I started doing some uh, tests with uh, open source optical character recognition and a few other things and uh, doing some, you know, not to be too text, you know, tech techie, but, you know, you're trying to do things such as can you then convert the information that's on the page into text and then can you interpret what's on that text and then can you enter that into like a database and pull a report and so once I was able to spend a few months proving that I can do that it was very terse it wasn't really something that was practical to be released then I started building out the app and uh, I brought on my co-founder and it was at that point where I was like well maybe I can use my income coming from my trucking business uh, to supplement what I'm doing with my software business and, 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 and I can do it full time. Uh, unfortunately, you know, life happens and, um, you know, I was going to run my trucking business and, you know, I, uh, experienced a divorce, right. And, uh, and, and lost the trucking business and the divorce. Uh, so, but the good side about it, that is, is that I was able to focus full time on, on Duke. And so during that time we got investors, Right. And actually was a blessing in disguise because had I been running the trucking business, I would have been still trying to grow that business. Right. And still manage that business and then try to focus on developing, you know, Duke, because I had engineers that were working at Duke. Right. I was hiring people. I had a board that I had to, to report to. 
Uh, so it actually turned out to be a blessing in disguise. Uh, I was, you know, I'm not going to lie. I was uh, upset at first. Right. Um, but but things work out. I always believe that, you know, you do the right thing. You know, other people it'll connect with other people. And I've been able to get investors uh, and, and, and the product is growing. Right. We've got like six thousand uh, downloads. We've got active subscribers. We actually have paid, a lot of paid subscribers. Uh, and and so it's you know, I, I feel like we're actually adding a value. Uh, you know, to to the trucker. Um, there's a lot of incredible things that we're we're doing. We're working with some banking institutions because we're what we understand is that cash flow part uh, as a trucker with, with with factoring can be difficult. So we're working some deals where you know if you upload you know your rate con, you know proof of delivery, and working with the factoring companies uh, that it'll be possible for you to get paid within minutes. Uh, of you delivering that load, almost like Uber. You know, when you you, know, you Uber, if you're an Uber driver, you drop off the passenger, you instantly know uh, that that drop passenger has been dropped off and you can get paid instantly. So there's some things in the works that happen right now. It's, you know, a lot of complexity, but, you know, the whole the whole goal is to really add that, that, that you know, value to increase cash flow, right? Because if you can get that cash flow coming at a regular basis, it's, it's, it's on now because you're not waiting to float uh, money you know, even, you know, from one day to the next, you're getting it, you know, instantly. Um, the secondary part is, is that if you're trying to get bank financing or PPP loan, you know, I had a driver come to me today. He's like, hey, but it wasn't today. It was last week. And he was like, uh, I, I want to get a PPP loan. How do I do it? And I was asking him all the things as he been keeping track of, you know, all of his, you know, paying, how do you get paid? And he was like, no, I don't have that. You know, had he been using Duke, you know, he would have been able to instantly pull that information out. And he would have been able to, you know, see all of that. He would have been able to go to the bank and get show him his balance sheet, his profit and loss, and doing it in a way that doesn't require you to enter stuff in to keep the stuff or build an account. And you just upload your bank statements and so forth. You've gotten all of this in this system. And so, for me personally, I benefited by having kind of that business, that financial, that background, understanding what I was needing, and to provide that service now to, you know, an audience who may be savvy but who may not be as savvy as that, but but still want that same value. I like to believe that we're we're adding something and at a cost that's not crazy, right? You know, margins on a trucker is small. So $120 a month is expensive, right? I know that personally. That's the reason why I never hired a bookkeeper. <laughs> so <laughs> right. right. So you said you said, and, and, and how much and how much does the, the uh does it cost to access the platform? Uh it's ten dollars a month or ninety-nine dollars a year. Okay, cool, cool. Very affordable. All right. So let, let me just back up a little bit. So in order to um, like prove, prove this concept. So you, you said you have investors and, and, and different people who are, you know, aligned with your vision and are helping you get this thing accomplished. Like how, how long did it take for you to actually like develop this, this technology? Like from inception, oh, from, from idea to where it actually, to where you had a working, uh, yeah. actual working uh, 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 piece of technology. Yeah. So my, my co-founder, it was 2017 and I was telling him about a trucking business and I told him about this concept about Duke. That was December, 2017. And he came to me, he said, wow, I'm waking up working on something like that for, uh, hospitals, uh, for doctor's offices. So in, for, in his case, doctors get a lot of, of documents every day, you know, x-ray scans, patient information, because his wife was a physician and he was trying to solve a problem for her first. And he was like, man, I can go out and, you know, you know, give this to every physician in the world. Uh, he, he ran into one problem. 
um, is that there was a there was a lot of HIPAA compliance around physicians. And there's an mm-hmm. extra layer, layer of governance around that, that he could not use that platform. So and that had started since 2016. Right. And I actually had the front end, which is the optical character recognition, the financial background. So we took two pieces of, of software and we merged them together. And so you would say that in, the, in itself, you talk about that's about two years of development between the two of us. Right. Him doing one year and then me doing my own thing. And then we and then in 2018, we kind of formulated the back end because it's, it's the front end is, I would say, not easy but it's the back end. It's it's that AI engine. You've got to build all of this stuff to be able to accurately see stuff and and and, and, and interpret and enter it into a financial database and pull that out. And so we just spent the, probably about six months in 2018. So that's another six, six months on top of the, the year he put in, the year I put in. And then after that, we we released released a prototype app in September 2018. And it was very prototype. You could upload a document. It really didn't connect with the uh, OCR image and the intelligence parts of it, but it actually could just put the pieces together. And it was in 2019 that we actually had something that we could give to a driver. It wasn't released. We had to give it to a driver and the driver gave us feedback. Hey, this doesn't work. This doesn't help. So all through 2019, we were just getting feedback, trying to make the product robust. Uh, We didn't even have proof of delivery there. Uh, rate sheet confirmation have been able to generate the invoice. It was a driver told me, hey, what would be nice? No, it was actually a, it was a broker told me that she was like, what would be nice is if you could add this feature where only thing I upload is the Raycon and then it can generate the invoice for me automatically and it can recognize that stuff. And I was like, oh, okay. And uh, so that, and we just started building on the product and we went to a trade show. We went to a Great America trade show in Dallas, uh, 2019. And it was a hit. Everybody was like, uh, yeah, this is what we've been needing. And it's, the product still needed to be proven. There was a few more things we brought on an accountant uh, onto the onto the team. And he basically got everything structured right. Uh, and what we needed, he said, hey, this tool is not just for uh, truckers. He said, we accountants need it. So we built out an accountant portal. So, so on the back end, we actually have a back end accountant portal. So accountants can manage the books on behalf of their clients through the Duke platform. So that's another element. So we just kept building this thing. And then COVID happened last year. Everything that we were planning in terms of our big rollout and launch, that kind of paused a little bit. Got you. Is there any other, is there anything else like this out there? Uh, there, there are, you know, and I'll be, I'll be, there are other things that allow you to do your bookkeeping. QuickBooks, for example, is one, right? Um, the problem with QuickBooks is if you wanted to try to do IFTA uh, reporting, it's not going to do that. Right. It's like you turn on your mouse and that's about it. It doesn't correlate like you crossing different jurisdictions, factoring in your fuel purchase and all those types of things to help you know what your if the uh, liability is. Um, there's one. There's a few other ones out there, but they require you to manually enter the stuff in. You've got to categorize it. So if you upload a, uh, let's say, a settlement statement, and it's got all of these different line items in there. You've got to go in and say this is insurance. Right. And you plug it in. Uh, so it's manual. And it's not to me. It's not very practical. I didn't find them useful for me when I was trying to do my own bookkeeping. Uh, so in terms of a true AI solution that is hands off, our app doesn't even have a keyboard. Okay, it doesn't have a keyboard, right? Uh, if it's some like it's not 100% accurate. I mean, it it makes mistakes. Maybe it's probably about 97, 98% of the times it's, it gets something wrong. 
a customer send the email, hey, this was not right. And we we go back to our engineers, they they start plugging it in, they make the right correlation and it gets right. It gets and it gets better over time. So, okay, so the 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 use case would be like how so okay, so for drivers using this, they're they're you they're gonna actually like take a picture of their document or up they're gonna upload it through their computer. Like what what anyway, how exactly okay. would the process work? The process is I get my document, I get a receipt, take a picture, done. <laughs> or I get a I get a settlement statement. It's in my email. Download, upload it. Done. I got a, a bank statement. Download it. Take a picture. Done. Right. And it goes up. So if you want to know what happens is is that what happens is is that we, it it actually goes into like a cloud. So if anything, the, none of the processing is actually happening on the phone. So it's just like Siri. If you're familiar with Siri, a lot of that is or Alexa is not really happening on the phone. A lot of the intelligence is actually happening in the cloud. And so once it hits the cloud. It, now there's a lot of AI magic that's happening. Uh, you do have some humans that are trying. Sometimes the information is not correct. And so, you know, Duke will actually say, hey, I can't recognize this. Uh, give it to somebody else. Right. So there's there's a lot of checks and balances there to make sure that it's that it's 100 percent accuracy. And we we continue to make it more robust in terms of its learning. Right. So it's a continuous process. Right. Um and and that's pretty much kind of how you use it. And then after you upload the document, it's not enough to send the stuff out there. We always tell, tell our audience, check your reports. Look at what you did this week, compare it with what you did this week. Um, uh, and and it's, if you were using a bookkeeper or an accountant, that's what they would do. So one of the things is that we're trying to help truckers and there's so much more business intelligence we plan on adding to the app based on some of the feedback we've gotten from accountants. Uh, one accountant said, hey, could you please allow me to do a side-by-side comparison between one quarter, next quarter, one quarter, next week? And you can do that today with the app. You, We basically generate a profit and loss report, which is a document. And you can actually search by uh, by months or different days, different periods. And you can actually pull these reports side-by-side. Mm-hmm. Now, you can't do it side-by-side on the app. You have to, because it generates the report. You download that report and then you query for the next period. You could actually see, okay. I spent this much more on fuel. What happened? What did I do? Uh, my loads, uh, you know, for some reason, my profit is less. What did I do? Did I, did I, you know, did I, for some reason, you know, did I stay idle more, right? Did I, was I, you know, did, did my 30, 36 hour rest period happen during that time? What are some of the things? And, you know, I am not a trucking, like accounting professional. So we do have like four different, you know, trucking accounting firms that is using Duke. So they actually do a little bit more. So the $10 for us is the do-it-yourself. It's the, the If the $10 a month is, hey, this is the do-it-yourself. But if you learn some of the tricks from some of these guys, you probably could do it. Some things on your own, right? They always tell me that you still need a bookkeeping and accounting accountant. And that may be true because there's some other intelligence, I believe, when I listen to them, like depreciation. So you can model depreciation in Duke. But I think you really want to go to an accountant if you want to go to that extra level to understand, you know, what happens if I depreciate or what happens if I take this deduction or whatever. Right. We do. We actually give you your tax uh, estimation, too, in the app. So based on your income and your expenses, we give you kind of an estimation because remember. uh, Your 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 profits is not based on how much money you make. It's also how much your tax liability is going to be, too. So we give you your self-employment. Uh, tax uh, estimation and federal tax estimation. We don't do state at this moment, but we give you kind of that baseline of what what it could be 
when you file your taxes. So you have a basic, a more holistic view of your income. Wow. This, this, this app is extremely smart, man. So you can pretty much, um, you know, just, just throughout the year, do all your financials on this app, just pretty much upload or snap a picture, put all your receipts, everything into the app. It'll recognize it. It'll categorize it for you. And then you can run these different reports that give you whatever information you're looking to find. Yeah. One, one, one caveat. Um, we see this sometime. We always tell our users, if you can read it, the computer can read it. But if you can't read it, the computer can't read it. So it will reject it. So you, it, it's, it, you're right. So there are some has to be legible. It has to be legible. No, no, no. That, 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 that totally makes sense. Makes sense. What What are some other? Can you Can you name like all the different reports? Do you have it like in front of you? The different reports that 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 it, that it runs, just so the people listening could really get a full understanding of everything this this uh, this software could do. Certainly, certainly. So I'm pulling up the reports now. So the first thing is a balance sheet. So in a balance sheet, we don't we don't open that up without an accountant because even though that's automated, there are some accountant functions that are needed to really get a, a real accurate balance sheet, but it is there. Meaning if you had an accountant that was kind of managing it a little bit, we would feel comfortable with presenting the balance sheet. So it's disabled if you don't have an accountant working with you, if that makes so sense. So qu- quick question, are you able to share it and add an accountant as a user to it? Yes. So, yes, okay, got you. Yeah. Okay. So, so what happens is, is that you we have an accountant portal and then if you're working with an accountant and if he's managing your books, then we would then that feature is then open. That particular report is then open because then that accountant will be responsible for making sure you have all of your assets, uh, the valuations of those assets, all of those things uploaded into the system to generate the report properly. OK, what else? You right. got? So we actually have expense reports. So basically it lists all of your expenses and it categorizes the expenses. So if you eat at McDonald's every week, it actually show you a total of, you know, how much you've eaten at McDonald's, uh, your trucking expenses, it gives you a list of all of the different vendors that where you spent your money, provided that you upload the receipts. It's able to partition all of that out. Got you. So it'll actually pull out McDonald's. It's going to read McDonald's and it's going to list it under like restaurants or whatever the case may be, or leisure or something like that, right? Exactly. Exactly. Okay. That's exactly. Yeah. So it'll show it all that and it'll give you your total of all your expenses. So you can kind of see where am I, where am I spending my money? Got you. Okay. Okay. What's next? The next one is the self-employment estimator. So we call it the estimator. So there's a self-employment tax we all have to pay as businesses, right? So it gives you an estimation of what your self-employment tax would be. Okay. Got you. What else we got? The next one is the federal tax estimator. So that's the estimation of what your federal tax would be based on your uh, income and your expenses and deductions. Okay, gotcha. Okay. The next one is a profit and loss. So the profit and loss will actually show all of your income, whether it's a reimbursement, fuel surcharge, or line haul, or if it's other pay, detention pay, all that type of stuff. It, it sums that all up, and then it actually uh, partitions everything by cost of goods sold. So your cost of goods sold would be your fuel, uh, maintenance, all those types of things. And then it has another section where it shows you all your expenses. Expenses could be printing, uh, scanning, all of those things. And it actually gives you a bottom line. What is your net profit? Right. So that's, that's one that's, and then it breaks it down by percentages too. So it actually shows you, okay, 30% of my expenses have gone to fuel, uh, 10% have gone to hotels. Other ones have gone, you know, and it, it actually shows that percentage uh, across all of your expenses. 
Now, what we like to add and one of the accountants have basically said is, hey, since you guys are already tracking the miles, why don't you take the number of miles divided by the net profit and just give me my profit per mile? So those are some things we can easily add. And, you know, so this is just a foundation. So we'll add more analytics to the report. Uh, but we just starting with these basic features. And How so are you guys? Go ahead, Sorry. continue if you want to go through the rest of the reports. Yeah. And the, and the next report is the if the filing. So, again, you know, as you, you keep if the on, you drive, it's tracking your jurisdictions, you upload your receipts, it's actually going to give you what your if the liability or if you're getting reimbursed, it'll actually give you row by row what that would be. And then the sum total of what your if the liability would be. And then the last one is the proof of delivery. So the proof of delivery as you upload your rate cons and BOLs is correlating those together as best as possible to help you generate an invoice. So it's basically generate an invoice and then you can download that package and we're working on something. It'll download it now to the phone, but we're trying to work on something where we transmit that to the factoring company uh, automatically uh, so that that pay, that's where, that's where the accelerated pay part comes in. Got you. Awesome. Awesome. How are you guys uh, getting like feedback now? Or, do you, or is, is it uh, any way to where drivers or people using the platform can give you feedback to, you know, add different features? How, how are you doing that now? Yeah, we, we want feedback. Um, so we have some of our users that give us feedback, but it's funny. It's interesting is that people will, they'll just use it with what you have, but, but you want more. Uh, you, you want more and, you know, we get the feedback from from the accountants, but we we're, we are looking for more suggestions, to be honest. So we don't get that hotline as much as we want to that says, hey, can you add this? Uh, I'll be frank with you. Uh, some of the feedback you get is when something breaks and that's when you get the feedback. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. So, we, you know, we, we had a outage uh, back in December. And so you don't know who, who's using what. And when we had that outage, man, our, our hotline was like, hey, this is broke. I need my report. I need this. And so it was it was bad from the standpoint of we had that outage. But then I told my team, I was like, they're using it. Right. Because there's a there's a there's a free element of what we add. Like if the, if you do malice tracking, that's free. Like you can use that, you know, for as long as you want. Right. We, we give you 10 documents per month. And if you just want to use that, you know, and some people were just using that part of it. And so we started learning that. Uh, that people were using the IFTA and in or they I don't know what they're doing, but they they are using the mileage tracking tracker. I don't know. Yeah. So, but I would like that feedback. How, what are you doing with it, right? Uh, why 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 do you turn that on but don't use the IFTA and, and to file your report? But there's there's a there's probably some reason there. Got you. And how many users did you say you have now on the platform? We've got about three thousand uh, downloads, and we have three about thirty five hundred users. Okay. And the majority, like, can you give us the analytics on those users? Is it like companies, like small carriers, like independent owner operators, like who's using the platform now? From what I can see, uh, they're, they're usually small carriers, small to medium sized carriers. So that I would say one to five trucks is what I'm saying. Um, and the person who's actually using it, uh, is, is the driver, um, and, and it tends to be that the drivers are only uploading the, the expenses. The accountants are uploading the bank statements. And then there's another segment of people, and I can see it because one, one lady called in. She said, I do the books for my, 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 my husband, and we were using QuickBooks. 
And so she was like, yeah, this is what I'm using. So I think it's it's a balance between there are some people, the truckers themselves are only using it for the expenses. And then whoever's doing the books for them, they're they're doing the holistic part of uploading everything. Got you. Now, if you're like an investor, is there any way to have like a, a corporate account to where you can like have all your trucks on under one account? Is that a possibility or is it every person have to, has to have their own individual um, profiles set up and log and so forth and so on? The way it works in that case, that's more of the accountant portal. So that's where you have the desktop uh, console. So okay. usually what happens is the, so there's one dispatch company. He's got, you know, multiple drivers on the platform. And so he basically what he what he does is, is that they all use the app and he manages them through the accountant portal. And so the way that works is, is that we link your account, those individual clients with one single account. Right. And that you manage them from there. Got you. And are are you able to make like manual changes to anything? If you if you find like there's an error, it, it reads something wrong. How does that work? Yeah. So there's two ways. Uh, some clients just call us. They send us an email, a call and say this was wrong. Uh, the other way is we do have the accountant portal, uh, which is the desktop uh, version of it. And usually we're so we're we're trying to make concessions. Do we want to give that out to the audience? And so it's, you know, so far we have not needed to but the accountants themselves will go in and make changes. So if something is incorrect, when the accountant is managing the books for his clients, he goes in and makes changes if there's incorrect. And so we have an elegant way. It's a very easy way to do that. Uh, you know, we are considering that uh, today it's not available for every Duke subscriber, right? It's usually only available to the accountants, but that's just a configuration and it's a business kind of agreement that we come with. Do we want to allow this air, other area or this other tool to be available for drivers because it it then then you become almost like QuickBooks again, where the driver now has to spend time clicking stuff. I'd rather for right. you to say this is wrong and then we fix it and then we get better. Right. And then we train the tool and get better. I like that. Now that that, that makes sense. You're right. Cause the whole point is to take the, the work away from you to where you have less manual inputs that you have to do. Like you said, you could just reach out to support. How, how does your support work? Is it like a 24-7 support? How does that work? Yeah, it's, it's 24-7. Uh, email support at duke.ai. Uh, you know, voice, you know, we have a hotline. Uh, you can just call us there. It's on our website. Um, yeah, so those are the two ways you reach us. Typically, how our customers reach us. We actually have a, a question box. Uh, where you can submit questions, you know, through the through the website. So Duke.ai, there is a contact us. And usually people just type, hey, this is wrong or change this or, you know, my, you know, they communicate, you know, communicate us with us in, in those three channels, using those three channels. So, and what, what's uh, the response time like? How, how fast will somebody get back to you? Oh, man, uh, I I pride myself as a CEO, even with emails uh, to respond back immediately within, you know, minutes. Right. And so if you if you send me an email, you're going to get a response immediately. And so I've trained my team to be very responsive, uh, either answer the phone, it rings. Or if you see that email comes in, uh, respond immediately. Or if you see that uh, that that submission form come in immediately. So we we actually have KPIs. We're, we're talking about five minute turnaround time. Nice. Nice. What what do people love about your platform and the feedback feedback that you've gotten? What what what's the the biggest compliment that you've gotten about the platform so far? 
the biggest platform is uh believe it or not is 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 when people say it's better than QuickBooks. But what what has happened is is that we've worked with some other um, software providers and they want to integrate Duke functionality. So you remember Duke is a platform. So we actually have accountants who are using Duke as their own app. So the way we structure ourselves is that we can actually white label a version of Duke for an accounting firm to manage his clients. Mm. Right. And so one of the things people are saying is like, man, you guys have created this elegant platform to allow you to, for me to have my existing app, plug in your Duke technology and still keep my brand. Right. And wow. so we've been working with some other, you know, TMS companies uh, where they basically will plug in kind of Duke technology um, and, and do bookkeeping, not just the bookkeeping, but, you know, proof of delivery, rate, rate sheet confirmation, instant pay and without them having to do the R&D. Uh, and so I think that, you know, other than the customer side, yeah, the customers always tell us, hey, this is better than QuickBooks. Right. And, and that's that's the goal. Um, but but on the technology side, it was fascinating because that was not necessarily our original intent. And somewhere around 2020, I kind of made the pivot and I was like, guys, let's let's be a platform, too. Uh, so we we try not to take the shine away from our partners. We, we really want to be a go in the background and just plug in solutions, allow other people to be successful. And we just be the technology that enable them. I like that. I like that. And what's been the biggest challenge so far? What, what's the, some of the negative feedback that you've gotten about the, the software? Yeah. So we had, our, we had our periods of growth, right? This is not an easy problem to solve, right? Uh, I'll tell you, one of the issues we had was with IFTA. Uh, IFTA, it sounds easy, but it's hard. And to do it on the phone is even more difficult. Because you never know how users are using it. So we had, I started realizing that people were turning on IFTA and they were leaving it on for like four months. <laughs> and 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 I and we have a toggle button that says turn it off when you're off duty. We right, thought that's right, how right. people were gonna use it. Uh, but they didn't. They just turned it on and kept running. So we there were some problems where we had lost some of the points, right? Because we didn't realize they were using it that way. So we had to come up and make some changes. Uh, and so you know, it's one of those things we continue to get better. Um, you know, we're not perfect. Uh, but I think over the, I would say, three years of development, uh, we were getting close to a product that is that, that is robust in every area in terms of, you know, accuracy of the data, uh, GPS coordinates uh, capture, um, uh, being able to, you know, add some additional functionality. So just like the iPhone, I always tell people, remember the first iPhone and drop, drop calls all the time. You can do all this cool stuff, but you can do the basic thing. And now it, it is evolving. And so I always tell people, you know, be patient with us, call with us if something is not right. But we're 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 trying to be, enable a platform for the trucker, specifically for the trucker that allows you to do all that you need as it relates to your finances and payments in the one platform. Got you. In terms of growth, what are you guys projecting for 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 this year and the next couple of years? How how big do you think this thing can be? Oh yeah, we we if you're doing any kind of accounting in the trucking industry, we don't want you using anything else but do. So we <laughs> so and it's a it's a pretty bold statement to come out here and say you know especially for the small and medium size uh, uh, truck truckers owner operators from you know five to you know maybe even ten. Uh, and and then too, as we grow, we 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 don't want anyone using uh, QuickBooks, right? That's and I know that's 
kind of a bold statement to be saying here, a uh, small little company. Uh, but that's that's one thing. And and so we 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 see we just want to see our subscribers grow. Uh, and this this beginning of this year have been very promising. Right. We've already had like 500 downloads. Uh, we've had several customers have, who subscribe. So it is very promising at the beginning of the year. Uh, we're bringing on uh, what two more accounting firms uh, who is using Duke. Actually, one person who was on your show previously. Uh, I think we may be uh, bringing her on. I think, you know, accountants, are, they're difficult, man. They put you through they put you through the ringer in terms of, uh, you know, switching over from a platform that they've been using for a while. So for us, we just want to make sure that you know, we can give the confidence to the accountants because if we win them, then we, we know we have the trust uh, in terms of being able to uh, create a product. So, so from that one point, that's, that's where we see growth. Uh, there, are some, there, there are some really major things we're doing. I can't say that you know, right now, but it's, it's all around improving payments. Again, this, this is, you know, today it's not quite there, uh, but we're, we're doing something to, to really make, you know, cash flow, you know, payments within, you know, seconds and minutes, right? Not, not, you know, not 30 uh, minutes or, or 24 hours or not one of those things. I got to get my paperwork in, you know, by two uh, in order for me <laughs> to get paid, right? So, <laughs> yeah. No, nah, no, nah, I love that, man. I, I, I love that you made that bold statement. You know, we, you want everybody on this platform. Forget QuickBooks, man. We, we coming to take over, brother. You know what I'm saying? You, you ain't got to be shy, man. Listen, you know, hey, if you want it, you got to grab it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. You're right. And you, you're going to be seeing some content coming from us. Uh, that's, that's actually kind of saying what you just said. Uh, really a side-by-side comparison uh, between QuickBooks and what we're doing. Uh, and so it is a bold statement. Uh, just want to make sure we have all the marketing stuff laid out. But yeah, you're going to see a lot of strong messaging coming out from us. Uh, because what we know is, is that uh, the margins are low, right? But you, but understanding, uh, you know, what, what your profit is and being able to get paid faster and all those things, if you can do that and not increase your, your overall overhead and expenses, uh, that, that can be very valuable to you. Uh, and so we believe we we have that platform, uh, whether whether you're a TMS company and you're looking to add value. Right. You're looking to add some value to your 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 platform. Right. Or if you are, you know, whatever it is, you know, we we can allow you to still shine and, and still keep your brand. And we just go in the back end as a plug in. So, yeah, we want you know, we just not only want to have our own app. We want to plug in, you know, talk about both statements, every TMS company, every TMS software, everything you need to have Duke embedded into your solution. Don't spend money, millions of dollars, time, loss of sleep and all that stuff. We know how difficult this problem is. And 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 we've we've invested quite a bit. And like I said, this is a two year journey and and we just want to make it easier to plug this into existing solutions, um, you know, to to help the driver. No doubt. Now, I'm going to put you on the spot right now. We didn't talk about this before the show, anything like that. I'm putting you on the spot right now. Is there any way that you can incentivize the hustle fam, our audience to, to, to get on your platform and give, give Duke a shot right now. I'm as I'm asking you for, for, for my audience, for your audience, for your audience, for Just my your, audience, for your audience. Uh, let's put it this way. Uh, the first, you put me on the spot. Let's say the first 500 okay. people that come on the okay. platform, we'll give it to you for four months, four months free, four months free. Y'all hear that? Four months free to check out the platform. 
Truck and Hustle. This is a Truck and Hustle exclusive. I swear to y'all, we didn't talk about this. We didn't talk this about it. Not, I, I just threw this out there because, you know, I got to look out for y'all. And I think that what 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 Marcus is talking about, this is dope, man. Like, I, I, I love, you know, what you're doing, what you're working on. I love the story. I love the fact that you have a trucking background. You know, you created a solution to solve your own problem. Um, I love everything about that, man. So I want to support what you're doing, brother. And, you know, I think the Hustle fam should do the same, at least give you a shot. Check out the platform um, and see, man, it's it's better than QuickBooks. That's what Marcus says. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you like cutting so, uh, yourself, it, it, stay on. If you like cutting yourself, stay on QuickBooks. But if you like easy stuff, if you like seamlessness, go ahead and switch on the platform. Yeah. Right. And this thing and this thing re, just literally like just it reads and interprets information, just pulls it off like the letters off the paper and just categorizes it. It can't get any easier than that. Like it's just can't get easy. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I'm I'm still trying to figure out in my head how that works, but yeah. that's yeah. probably a whole nother conversation and a whole yeah. different podcast. Yeah. So let's let's create your promo code since this is all on the spot, because the only way we'll be able to know if it's from the hustle fam, we need something that says hustle. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, 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 so I'm gonna create a promo code since it's on the spot. Yeah, it's gonna be, we'll call it truck and let's call it, let's call it, let's call it, uh, let's call it TNH. Keep it simple. TNH. Okay, so it will be TNH at Duke.ai. So when you register, register with TNH at Duke.ai. So now let's make sure we clarify NH is, is it. Uh, T A N D H. No, T N. The letter N. T N. All right. So N H. Truck like truck and hustle. T N H. T N H. T N H at Duke.ai. So when you register, make sure to include T N H at Duke.ai in the promo code. There you go, man. Listen, I, there's nothing else I could do for y'all. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to look out here. You know what I mean? Listen, Marcus, <laughs> I appreciate that, brother, especially because I put you on the spot. You know what I mean? I, I, yeah. I, I appreciate you so much. No. Listen, man, this this has been a, a, a really um, awesome and, and I got to say inspiring podcast, man, just to, you know, hear your story, hear where you came from, you know, getting into such a difficult field as, as in engineering. I mean, you know, that's beautiful, man. You 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 came from playing basketball, shooting bricks, and now you're a whole engineer. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Ma- making but I making. Dunk. Uh, Hold on make, now, I can dunk, dunk, man. How now, tall you, are you? How tall are you? Man, I, yeah, I'm six four. Okay, so, so you, but you you barely got to jump to dunk, so that you yeah, know well, that don't no, really count. But, but you know, it's one thing dunking over somebody five eight, but when he's when he's six seven six eight, so if that ball is coming around or anywhere around the rim, I may not be able to shoot it, but you get dunked on it at five. But now, you you could you could dunk. Yeah. Now you're gonna get a layup. Now you're gonna get a layup. <laughs> You better than me, bro. I can't do any of the any of the two right now, man. I'm, my game is trash right now, brother. I just watched the I watched the NBA and I live vicariously through Steph Curry, man. Steph, I pretend yeah, yeah. I pretend I'm him. You know what I mean? <laughs> but 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 for real, bro. Like I, I I love this story, man. I appreciate what you're doing, um, and I wish you much success. You know, I, I hope your users go through the roof. You know, we need to support you know more companies, more small businesses, um, you know, like yourself. Because, you know, this is what it's about, man, you know, and, and, and this is a different side of truck and hustle. This is the technology side. And I also implore people to get into technology, man, like technology is running the world. Like, you know, we have to understand that all these problems that we're seeing every day, we can we can solve them. And, if, and you know, Marcus was blessed to be able to have the skills to actually create this technology himself. But, you know, if you can't, 
you can reach out to people who can do it and reach out to people like Marcus and connect with yeah. him and be, hey, I got an idea for this. You know what I mean? This is we have to start building this technology because if not, we're going to get left behind. Um, so, yeah, Marcus, man, I appreciate you, brother, so much for joining me today on the podcast, man. It was dope. Is there anything else you want to? Well, you know what? I can't I can't ask you is there anything else before you go. You have to leave us with a final thought. That's law. Right. And then you have to let everybody know where they can connect with you personally and then where they could go check out the app. So we already gave them the breakdown of the, the code and everything. So repeat that and just let them know where they could find more information on Duke AI yourself personally and then a final thought. So okay. let's start with the information first and then we'll close out with your final thought. OK. Yeah. So, again, that promo code, I want to make sure that's clear. It's T-N-H at Duke dot AI. Uh, enter that in the promo code. Uh, in promo code section, uh, when you download and register for the app, um, <clears throat> you can find me on uh, on LinkedIn. That's pretty primary where I live. Uh, I need to get better on uh, Instagram. I'll be honest, uh, I am not an Instagram person. Uh, we we actually have someone that does that. Uh, they've been I've been told that I need to be more present on Instagram, but you know I think I'm on a, in a different. Yeah, I just have a different mindset, but uh, <laughs> but that's where I probably should be more. But I just yeah. Uh, so it's you. We'll get you, you there. We'll get you there. You can you can email me directly. I you know uh, Marcus at Duke AI. I respond really fast. Uh, you know my I love working with uh, you know you know young people. I, I'm glad you mentioned that Romel about tech. Right. I'm only focusing on one area in tech, but I meet so many people who have these incredible ideas and they just don't know where to get started. And so. If you if you know anything about what we've done at Duke, most people think that uh, well I can't tell my secret, uh, but I'll tell you what we have done. We've been able to take people who are plumbers, okay, and we've trained them to be AWS architects, and they have rolled out solutions, uh, products, and services. And so we we feel like we have a kind of a unique uh, proposition to kind of really help people to venture into technology and find those resources without spending a lot of money uh, to do things like minimal viable products. So. Uh, I do believe that 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 this industry is rife for disruption through technology. So I'm sure all of you have had an idea out there, a uh, pain point uh, in your experience, similar to what I experienced, and and you you just need to know how to execute it. So I would say is you know reach out to you know you can reach out to me, but don't sleep on those uh, on those ideas. Go ahead and draft it up, do a mock up. Uh, I think I heard one gentleman on the show. He, he got uh, turned down. Uh, he did a lot of pitches. He was just resilient. And now he's he's created an incredible product. Right. And I would encourage anyone to do that because I'm learning as I get into this tech part. There's a lot of money being invested in t- truck technology and we need to be part of that, you know, of that disruption. So let's do it. Just, you know, come up with your ideas and, and execute on them. One hundred percent. I agree. With you, Marcus, I couldn't have said that better myself, bro. Um, the, the the where do they find it in the app store? Is Duke.ai? That's how they download yeah. the app. Yeah, Duke.ai in the app store. Yeah, app Duke store or Google Play. Yeah. Duke, okay, app store or Google Play. I don't know if we mentioned that. So Duke.ai. So check That's that out. Correct. You guys could take a look at that also. All right, man. Um, and you you let them know where to contact you. Do we discuss? Yeah, that? Uh, contact me, Marcus at Duke.ai. Just okay. email me. Shoot, call me, 214-906-2128, call me, right? I pick up the phone, I answer. Uh, like I said, I'll, I'll, I'll do more of that than LinkedIn. 
uh, excuse me, I'll do more of that than Instagram. I, I'm going to get better. My my uh, content director, my marketer says, hey, you need to be more on Instagram and and they're pushing me towards it. So I think it'll be happening here, here sooner than later. So, but we do have a Instagram page. It's Duke.ai. It's just that you're going to see a face of a dog on there. And <laughs> sorry, that's our mascot. You're not going to see okay. me on there anywhere, but. Uh, <laughs> gotcha. You guys got the phone number, the email, like Mike Jones. You remember, the, you remember the rapper, Mike Jones, who gave, who gave his number Mike out? Jones. Yeah. 214 <laughs> Call Mike it. Jones on the low. 214. Yeah, that's right. 214. <laughs> you got it. 214. Yeah, you, you the new Mike. You Marcus, Marcus Jones. Nah. Right. <laughs> hey, man. Listen, brother, it's been fun, man. And and I want us to stay connected because in this network, we have a lot of brilliant minds, a lot of brilliant entrepreneurs, a lot of brothers and sisters doing some really amazing and excellent things. And I think that they can use your expertise and I would like them to connect with you, you know, just just the whole community. So, you know, you're a part of the family now. Yeah. And, um, you know, expect to get those emails and those calls, brother, because they going to come. Trust me. Trust and believe. Yeah. Well, thank you for embracing me to be part of. This is a great community to be part of. I wish I'd have had it uh, five years ago, like I said, and I've been looking for something like that. And and on top of that, I'm glad you mentioned this. We we actually have an email uh, distribution. We talk to our audience on a regular basis. So, Romel, I would love to connect uh, with, with your audience, people who have uh, products. And because we like to do more than just say, hey, here's our product. Here's our product. We like to give them rich uh, information as well in our newsletter. So yeah, I definitely would love to connect with this with this community, allow them to, you know, free advertisement and talking to our community as well, because they need more than just the accounting and payments. There's a whole bunch of other things that they need. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Marcus, I'm gonna let you go, my brother. Thank you so much for your time, man. Listen, hustle fam, you know how we do it, right? If you smell something burning, it's only a desire. Marcus and I are out. And uh, that's it. Marcus, later, my brother. All right, now. Take care. Thanks for Mel. All right, bro. If you like what you heard, it's only going to get better. Make sure you subscribe and leave us a comment. Let us know what you want to learn or hear more about. Till next time, love is love. Truck and hustle.